My Seven Chakras, Episode 46. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's going on, action takers? AJ here. And thank you so much for pressing the play button. The play button to empowering yourself with information, stories, and ideas that will change your life. And today I am stoked and excited to bring you our featured guest, Kathy Strand. So Kathy, are you ready to inspire? I am ready. Yes. Awesome. So Kathy Strand has always been a teacher at heart. Even as a small child, when anyone was feeling ill, she always felt a need to help by massaging a headache away, being a good listener or helping to find the right information to make things better. You see, Kathy has been totally blind Since age two, clearly, she faces life with courage and compassion. Instead of pity for herself, she still is driven to help others if they are willing. So, Kathy, I've given our listeners a mini intro. So, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Well, I am married to a sighted person. We've been married 28 years. And I met Jim, uh, wow, when I was in college. So, that's... uh, more than half my life ago, and um, we just celebrated our, like I say, 20 year, 28 years of marriage, happily married since uh, 1987, and I have a large, come from a large family, uh, six kids, got a chance to see most of them over the holidays, and we live here in Orange County, Southern California, and one thing that my husband and I have always shared, and it's really been a bonding one of the bonding uh, factors in our life is that we care deeply about health and fitness and spirituality, those three things. And the, you know, the other thing, we may not have everything else in common, but those three are very, very binding. And I love doing research and saying, hey, Jim, I found out some stuff that we, I would love to incorporate. And he's always really willing to do that. So, so I lead, uh, we lead a very active spiritual life. We uh, practice uh, in very f- wonderful practice of the original Christianity along with Eastern yoga, which is quite fascinating. I'd love to talk about it if you have, if we can, where we do a lot of meditation. It's, that's the cornerstone. We meditate very deeply. Or that's the goal. And we've been doing that for over five years now. We, we try to do a lot of exercise during the every day and now that's our one of our goals to do every day. We do stuff like that with each other. And Jim's retired now, but he is very, very young for his age and very healthy, thank God. And um, and I work at home. I have a website, kathystrand.com, and I teach people about health and fitness. It's my passion, and I believe that um, that's where we can start to really see some changes in our life once we take control and take charge of our own health instead of relying on a doctor to sort of treat us like a a broken down automobile, 
You know, we go into the doctor and say, oh, this hurts, this this is, you know, we want to catch that before we even need a doctor. So I hope that gives you a little taste of of uh, where I come from here. Which sure does. Thanks a lot for that wonderful introduction. Now, as is our tradition here at My 7 Chakras, you get to set the stage for today's show by sharing an inspirational quote. So, Kathy, what is your favorite inspirational quote and give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. This is from Helen Keller. It's very well known. Helen Keller, as many people know, was a a very rare individual who was born both blind and deaf and had a remarkable life and is still, you know, still her work and her inspiration is echoing down through, you know, many, many years, early part of the last century she lived. So Helen Keller's very well-known quote, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. And, you know, I think this applies to me in my everyday life because we get kind of stuck in our head habits and our comfort zone and sometimes we have to accept and surrender to certain factors that come into our life good or bad and go with it instead of resisting that could mean for me learning a new exercise program that I really want to learn but then when you start learning it it's like oh my gosh this is harder than I thought it was going to be or like I've got a father right now who's elderly and he needs some attention and it takes away from our own little comfort zone so we have to take some time and help him a little bit Um, an adventure might be for me Going into strange situations, uh, people don't know me and they don't understand me as a blind person, so I have to explain and teach and show them how to maybe do a sighted guide. You know, I take their arm and they guide, or I have to explain, sorry, I'm blind, what did I need to have you read that to me? So that's always an adventure, and um, it's always such a gratification for me to, you know, to get through situations like that that might be uncomfortable, but they always tend to turn out very, you know, very positive. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how I apply that to myself every day. Mm-hmm. That is so profound and empowering. Life's a daring adventure or nothing at all. So action takers, if you do the same thing, you'll get the same results. And as we record the show, we've actually begun a new year. We've entered 2016. So my question to you is, wherever you are, what adventure are you going to embark on? What are you excited about starting afresh, starting new today and right now? So let's dive into the main portion of today's interview. Kathy, what exactly is gluten and why is it so important to go gluten-free right now? Well, yeah, it has helped so many people get over some digestive problems. And I have to back up and say this, like five years ago, uh, I was uh, had some very unexplained, strange health problems. And I embarked on a sort of a journey to find out, okay, what, how can I fix this problem nutritionally, spiritually, physically? And the more research I have done on modern food, modern day food, I think this is what is going on with gluten. And I've studied uh, people who are more traditional. They're they're called traditional 
they, they look at, at, our an, at our ancestors and look how traditionally they prepared their food. So I think what has happened is that for the last 50, 60, 70 years, maybe even 100 years, we have progressively become eating away from the earth, away from natural foods. So instead of growing our own foods, growing our own wheat, uh, producing our own grains in our own farms, we have relied on big food manufacturers to take grain and produce that in packaged foods. Plus, we have also deteriorated our digestive system, our gut. The flora in our gut has over time, over the last 50, 100 years, has degenerated. And so, what I think has happened is the gluten has irritated our guts, and then we don't have the resources in our body to recover from that. Whereas our ancestors had a way to prepare grains properly. Our ancestors didn't eat, for instance, let's say we're getting away from gluten, but they, in our ancestors soaked beans, they soaked wheat, they soaked nuts, they soaked all kinds of very difficult to digest items like that, products like that. They prepared it. They spent time, many times days and days before they would prepare the food for their families. So I think over time we have lost that wisdom. And so it, the gluten itself isn't, isn't the big culprit, but I think when you eliminate the gluten for a while and heal your gut and then introduce it back, some people can eat gluten again, but I would say even modern wheat shouldn't be um, eaten because they're adding um, the the farmers are spraying it with uh, with dangerous chemicals more so than other grains. So it's kind of a complicated thing. Uh, on the face on face value, it, it does it's it is kind of um, a conundrum. Why in the heck are we more allergic now to gluten than ever before? I think let, the book that uh, my co-author and I, the fourteen day gluten free guide. I think what would be helpful for people is if they test it on themselves, and that's what we encourage in our book. We say take fourteen days and stop eating. Eating all gluten, white flour, wheat flour, rye and barley, and then see how you feel. Gluten is a glue type uh, substance that exists in all grains, um, especially wheat and rye and barley. And it's what makes the bread fluffy. It, it creates that texture that we all like. And I think that... Um, once we figure out, okay, is this the culprit? Is this what's really going on? Can I can I eat a little bit of um, maybe oatmeal and, and change over to a different kind of diet and just see what happens over 14 days or even a month and see what happens? So that's what gluten is. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you were facing a health problem. So to find a solution, you began researching modern day food and gluten in particular. And the problem is, as you mentioned, is that we are relying too much on large manufacturers and we're having this packaged food and while gluten isn't the main problem our gut has degenerated and gluten worsens the situation so my question is how worse can it get what are the negative side effects of having too much gluten right a lot of people find that when they stop eating gluten many problems disappear 
skin problems, allergy problems, food um, sensitivities. And um, according to the author, Dr. William Davis, he even noticed patients, their heart disease profile improved or even reversed. So something is happening in our guts that is not, it's just not able to handle a lot of grains. I don't know if that would be true with every single human being on this planet. I doubt it, but I'm just saying I think it's worth trying if you have some problems with your health and especially the unexplained problems. Um, in, in, my, in my case, I was having severe anxiety and panic problems, which I had never had before. And so uh, after I did a few things, like stopped eating a lot of wheat and, and a lot of gluten and increased my minerals, like magnesium and, and other important minerals, and um, also did some spiritual stuff which helped to calm my nervous system I think that that changed it just it reversed I over time they just disappeared so that's fascinating isn't it Mm -hmm. it's really fascinating so you mentioned that if a person is already Mm gluten-free then he or she can take some steps to ensure that the gut situation is improved and then the person can have some level of gluten but my question is Mm -hmm. can someone be born gluten sensitive can someone develop the allergy at a later stage as well? Yeah, see, what happens is that mo- that women these days, they don't realize that they need, to, they need to improve their health. They need to, before they even consider conceiving a child. Because what happens is a baby is born, and this is from Donna Gates. Donna Gates has done a lot of research and helped, helps women in terms of their health. Uh, she's located here in America. And what happens is that many women have a yeast overgrowth. That means that they, their bodies are imbalanced in their guts and on every part of their body, especially the birth canal. So when the baby comes through that birth canal, that's very crucial that the mother be very healthy because they get inoculated, the baby does, uh, get it, gets inoculated properly and their gut gets seeded with with healthy bacteria. So yeah, we're seeing children who from very young age, infancy, are very allergic to grains. And what happens is that if you don't have a um, pediatrician that is sort of up to date with these things, they start feeding their babies right away rice. It's gluten-free, yeah, but a lot of babies are just not, their guts are just not mature enough to properly digest that. So right away, way the baby starts developing asthma and other problems and although that's not gluten they become more sensitive to gluten-based grains as they get old enough to eat bread and so on so it's a serious problem I, I have a niece with a baby who's a year old and I was able to guide her a little bit uh, the best I can to making sure the baby didn't get the rice uh, right away. Uh, actually, she has a very good pediatrician who agrees with that, and that's unusual. The baby can be born right out of the chute, you know, with uh, a lot of problems with their gut because of the mom and because we have generations after last couple generations, this is what we're coming up against. That's why asthma is on the rise and other problems that a baby, and ear infections, because we have a, a genera- couple of generations, maybe three, of people who rely way too much on uh, food manufacturers' food, so packaged items, 
you know, quick heat, heat and serve foods that you can just pour out of a package into your microwave oven and boom, you've got a, a dinner or a meal right there. Instant. Mm-hmm. Instant. Instant food. Instant food. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that kids can have the allergy at a very young age too, but it doesn't mean that you give the baby rice because that will create some other problems. So there's obviously some confusion in the person's mind. And I can imagine a person listening to the show right now saying, if foods such as pasta, muffins and bread have gluten, Mm -hmm. what should I eat instead? Sure. So again, the 14-day gluten-free guide, what I want people to do is to read the book and then figure out, okay, let me just take 14 days and maybe I can go back to some some breads and so on, but I want to first eliminate it completely from my diet. So what can you eat instead of bread and muffin and pasta? Well, um, quinoa is a good grain. Amaranth is a good grain. But again, what I would, um, and I didn't, cover this in the book so much, but I do at my website at kathystrand.com a little bit more, and that is to please soak those grains a little bit. And it's so easy. You just rinse the, let's say, quinoa. Rinse it very, very carefully, you know, rinse it thoroughly. And then you just, the night before, when you know you want to have it, let's say, tomorrow. So what you do is overnight, you place it in in a bowl of water, a little bit of warm water, and um, some apple cider vinegar, just a tablespoon or so, and let that sit overnight, because then that breaks down the outer part of that grain. And then you rinse it very, very carefully, and then you cook it. Ideally, you want to cook your grains in a good, healthy chicken broth. And that's how our ancestors prepared their grains. And so then you get great minerals, you get, uh, and Donna Gates talks about this too. Um, so you, you prepare that quinoa. It doesn't take very long, especially you soak it overnight. It takes about 20 minutes. It's like a rice. And amaranth is the same way. So there you have a grain that tastes like rice, and you can put it in your soups. You can put, you can make it as a breakfast porridge, or you can add some honey and even some healthy um, raw cream or milk and or a good healthy yogurt um one that doesn't have a lot of sugar you know sugar so let's get plain yogurt like a greek yogurt and you've got a breakfast or you can add that to your soups or even a salad it's really super delicious to add a hot grain like that to a salad and with some good herbs like cilantro or basil and some good tomatoes. And I'm giving, actually, I'm getting ahead to a meal, but we can talk about that in a minute. I give some specifics. But so, yeah, there's no reason to miss that feeling of, you know, that feeling in your mouth that you want to chew and have some hot, a hot green to enjoy with your meals. Mm-hmm. So, Kathy, I must say that you're very descriptive and you're already making me hungry. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, this is some really good advice and I'm sure a lot of working professionals might overlook this. But, uh, listeners, rinse the quinoa, soak it in warm water and apple cider vinegar because mm-hmm. that is powerful because it breaks down the outer part of the grain and only then uh, go ahead and cook the grain. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're now going to talk about something that is on almost everyone's mind. We've entered 2016 and I'm sure many of our listeners want to lose weight and have that weight loss goal as one of their New Year resolutions. So does a gluten-free diet help us lose weight? And if yes, 
Can you give us a few ideas for a, a gluten-free dinner to have with the family? Yeah, that's a, this is a great question. Thank you, AJ. So, AJ, here's the thing. I want to caution people on a very, very important thing when you go gluten-free, to not buy the packaged gluten-free products. They're everywhere, and you it's just the grocery stores are groaning with the amount of gluten-free packaged products. Do not buy them. They are they will not help you lose weight and they will not be nutritious. They are just just like any other packaged product, they are filled with preservatives and non-nutritional items and just won't help you at all. Although they don't have gluten, they don't have any nutrition whatsoever and they're likely to raise your blood sugar probably higher or or just as high as uh, as just regular gluten and that's what Dr. William Davis points out. So please do not get the packaged items. In fact, that will be one of the major uh, ways in which a gluten so-called gluten-free diet can actually help you lose weight is if you please to stop using any packaged items, snacks or desserts or macaroni and cheese, anything that comes in a bag or a box or has a, an ingredient list of three or four items. That's how you know it's a processed food. Okay, so I can't really say all boxed items are bad because there are some things that come in a box that are just, that are fine. So if you can stop eating that slowly, slowly, and then you've got to figure out what you're going to substitute that. Substitute from packaged items to prepared food at home. And it's a misnomer that preparing food at home will cost more or take more time. Um, Let me give you an example. And we put this in the book where you can prepare foods ahead of time. We call it cook big, freeze small. So you cook big meals on the weekend or whenever you have a lot of time, you cook big pots of soup or stew or uh, casseroles that are gluten-free and healthy, filled with, let's say, um, a lot of good vegetables and a lot of good uh, chicken and and or meat, grass-fed meat, healthy organic proteins. Okay, you, you use all that and you get some good recipes. We have some in the book. Prepare all that ahead of time. Freeze it or put it in the refrigerator if you know you're going to eat it fast or quickly. And then when you're ready to eat that food, you just simply warm it up on the stove. And it is the healthiest fast food that you can have. So you have to have a plan. you you know, plan out your grocery list ahead of time. But the reason you lose weight is that the food that you buy in a package or a box tends to be more caloric and it doesn't tend to satisfy you. And actually, AJ, what's fascinating is that for some people, the ingredients found in processed food tends to stimulate the appetite. That's the goal of processed the the food industry, isn't it? Because that's they have to sell a lot of food to meet their bottom line. So if you are susceptible, and some people are highly susceptible to MSG and lots of sugar, and they cannot stop eating, and it actually feeds their food addiction. So there's a lot of people addicted to to um, packaged foods. So once you stop doing that and get a healthy um, menu going in your house, uh, get the healthy food, shop for it, prepare the foods that you enjoy. If you prepare these foods at home, 
you are going to lose weight automatically because you won't have that extra stimulation. You'll become more satisfied and you'll have a plan to stick to. You won't be snacking on empty calories and you will you know, dump that addiction. And it doesn't take long. Three, four days away from sugar, for instance, that's all it takes. Two, three, four days. Will some people have a little bit of withdrawal? Dr. William Davis talks about that. Some people do have a slight withdrawal. So what you do is you drink more water, you exercise more, and I don't mean necessarily jogging and running around and you know doing a marathon or anything. We can talk about exercise in a minute, but sometimes just taking one step at a time, finding either our book or some other book where you can take slow steps, one step at a time, stop the packaged food, get some ideas of what you can cook um, and what's not what's pretty easy for you to do and maybe partner up with somebody get an accountability partner AJ I think that's really important to find a community and I think you probably have a community where people can help each other support each other uh, because this is the this is you're right this is the this is a time of year where everyone wants to improve so let's make it stick and preparing food at home is actually a lot less expensive. You know, there's a lot of websites out there that can show you how inexpensive it is. If you prepare a soup that only costs uh, $10 with all the ingredients and it lasts you three days, it doesn't take a lot of uh, imagination to see how inexpensive that is. $10 might be a little inexpensive. I haven't I don't have that in my head right now, how much it would cost to get the ingredients, but, you know, maybe $15, let's say, and then that feeds a family of two or four, and you're going to be a lot healthier and feel better and get a lot, uh, get all the good minerals that we all need. So, so AJ, I'll give you a real life example of a gluten-free food that we can all do. Now, I, my husband and I love soup. So right now, right before our call, I put together a pot of soup that we're going to be probably using for the next, I would say, four or five days. We like onions and garlic and all kinds of spices like oregano and basil. So so you saute the onions and and the mushrooms and we have mixed greens like mustard greens and like a lot of uh, southern greens I would say plus some cabbage and we start with lots of healthy fat like grass-fed butter and so we are sauteing that right well actually we're, it's it's actually simmering right now and we're going to eat that with some organic chicken and we eat a lot of um Yams. We love yams. So that's that's our dessert. I, that's my dessert. I love yams. So after the soup, I will have a couple slices of yams with either grass-fed butter and cinnamon and, and some stevia or even put some really simple peanut butter on it. And that's my dessert. And it is so filling and satisfying. And so for me, you know, I have stayed a healthy weight for years. I don't change that much in my, and I don't weigh myself, but I know I'm at the right, at the size I want to be. So, and this is a very hearty meal that I just described. So this is what we tend to eat a lot of in the winter time. And in the summertime, we have more salads with some good healthy grains and, um, if we eat out, we have um, 
we eat fish, uh, wild salmon, or, or and we also prepare that at home sometimes too, wild salmon. And um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but there's so much you can do to to budget to make your your household a, a healthy, you know, kind of gluten free, you know, zone. You might say, and um, and tastes good too. So thank you, AJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually does make sense. In fact, uh, listeners, stay away from processed food. Oh, yeah. In fact, don't buy gluten-free packaged products because they are designed to make you addicted. Instead, take the 14-day gluten-free challenge, uh-huh. enroll in a mastermind or get a coach or get an accountability buddy. Because the thing is, when you're in a social situation and when you've committed to doing something and when you're with those four to five or ten people, in front of them it looks bad that you've not followed up on what you uh, said you would, right? So especially for entrepreneurs or people in general who want to reach a goal, uh, as you pointed out, Kathy, having that accountability is really powerful yes it is mm-hmm. and with that we are moving on to the next round which is called the challenge round now william channing once said that difficulties are meant to rouse not discourage the human spirit is to grow strong by conflict during this round our guests talk about a major challenge that they faced so kathy tell us about a time when you faced a major challenge tell us what were some of the feelings you were going through and then how did you approach that particular challenge? Well, this is, um, a, let's say about a year ago, my uh, husband's sister um, became really ill with a strange neurological disorder. And she needed us to do some hands-on assistance for her. And that means going to her home and being with her. Well, the thing about her is that, um, and I've known her, both my husband and her, for over 30 years, and she's just always been a very difficult person to be around. And, you know, this is, this might just be a chemistry issue between she and, and, and myself. I don't know. But it was a challenge for me, and it took courage because we, we didn't ever know what her mood was going to be, what her, her behavior was going to be like. She was very unpredictable. But we knew it was something we needed to do. She needed our help. We helped her set up some um, assistance programs so that people can come in her home and assist her. And so it was it was a challenge to, in every possible way, it was a challenge for me emotionally, especially, because she has kind of never been a welcoming person to me. In her, in the family, so it was very personal sharing that, but it was, and it has been rewarding because we went through it, and we did what we could do for her, and now we can feel good about ourselves, especially myself. I feel good that I did go into that sort of dungeon, <laughs> you know, and face the face the dragon, and I I feel better being on this side of it now. So yeah, thank you for asking, AJ. So in retrospect, what is it one major life lesson you would want our listeners to take away from your story? That we need to surrender sometimes when the universe or whatever you believe in, when God, when something is presenting you with a challenge 
and you know that the right thing to do is to embrace it, even though it wouldn't be your choice, then I would say just do it. Do it slowly. Do it cautiously. And also get someone who who is on your side and who can help you through it and can support you if you get into a snag. And I had that. Thank goodness I found somebody who was a guiding force through this. Because sometimes, you know, it's interesting, AJ, when we go through these challenges in life, we're pretty much all going blind, you know, through life. We really don't know where we're going. It's like one step at a time. And, you know, you really don't know where you're going until you take a step, right? I used to be, uh, I haven't done it. I've kind of gotten gotten out of the hobby. I used to be a cross-country skier and I want to get back into it. Um, but a blind person, how do you cross-country ski? Well, you you have a trained sighted guide and, um, and they're in the other set of tracks. I don't know if you've ever been cross-country skiing. So, but what happens, AJ, is that the, um, I one time had a guide and he was just the best guide I ever had. And I remember one time, um, and I was kind of a very cautious, kind of a scared skier. Not all blind skiers are like that. Most of the ones who are really, really good, they're fearless. I was not a fearless skier. I was always kind of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? I don't know. Anyway, one time he said to me, Kathy, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep moving because I can't guide you or help you if you don't move. In other words, I can't guide if you don't move. And that's how life is. You don't know in, in business, in health, or anything. We cannot be stagnant. We can't be sitting around doing nothing. We have to move forward. You don't have to, but if you don't, you will be stagnant and you're not going to get any rewards either. So that would be my message. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your experiences with us. And with that, we enter a round during which our guests talk about finding their life's true calling. Because when you walk in purpose, you collide with destiny. And this is a powerful thought shared by Ralph Buchanan. So my question to you, Kathy, is have you found your calling? And if yes, what is your calling? Well, I think that's in two areas. I care so deeply about health. And yet I also know that that God is behind health and God is behind everything. So those two things have to go hand in hand for me. So my calling is to never lose sight of the deep essence that I am, the spirit that I am, the part of God that I am, along with doing the best I can to keep my body healthy so that God can shine through. And I can see that those two things go together. So I feel like I have more and more found that to be true for me. And it's been very rewarding, AJ. Um, and the more, I, the more I submit and surrender to my spirituality and to God, actually, the better, the better my health becomes as well. So, Kathy, looking back now, was there a moment in your life when you were convinced that you were on the path of finding your true calling? Yeah, so I think it was five years ago when I had these strange illnesses and my husband uh, came to me one day and he he said, you know, I've been, I think we ought to go to this church. He knew about this church uh, many, many years before, but he himself wasn't ready to go. 
And I said, yeah, let's do it. Because I was feeling hungry for, you know, that quote unquote, that kind of help for both of us, um, that support for both of us. So yeah, five years ago when we started into what is called this um, SRF teachings, the Self-Realization Fellowship, I think that changed our lives. That was back in 2015. So thanks a lot for sharing. Mm-hmm. Now they say all things come to an end and so it is with our show we have entered the final round called the wisdom round and just like a rapid fire round i ask questions and you reply with bite-sized doses of wisdom okay and insights sound like a plan i'll do that i'll try my best thanks aj great so what is the best advice you have ever received Surrender to God. Um, that's the best advice I've ever received. Um, and it's the hardest to follow up with. Um, just to, to relax and not worry about the future and to focus on now and to, um, find serenity in right now. That's the best advice I've ever had. Could you share with us a personal habit that contributes to your well-being? Deep meditation. My husband and I, be, this is our agreement to meditate every every day, twice a day, in the morning and in the evening. And that habit is something I try never to break. So that's uh, a commitment, I would say, in my life to meditate and to try to slow down my mind and focus on... I have some techniques that I use um, to just calm down and try not to think about what happened yesterday and what might happen tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's what I try to do. So what is your morning ritual like? In other words, what do you do during the first two hours of your day? Right. That's uh, Both those two things are, are really important to me. Um, I do some sort of movement exercise, either a walk. I have some special movements that they're sort of Tai Chi type movements. I, I do some of those um, and I do my morning meditation. Those two things are important to me in the morning. So what is one book that has made a significant impact on your life? That's a hard one because I actually have two books. But, mm-hmm. oh wow, I would say The Autobiography of a Yogi, which is a wonderful spiritual book. But I have to say, um, a book, a very old fitness book, way, way, way back in the 70s called Fitter Fat. That has already made a very, very big, big um, impression on me in terms of talking about what is true fitness. And uh, it's an old book and it's a little outdated. I, I wouldn't say I would go back and read that again uh, because there's, well, maybe I would because I think it's a good book still. But I think some of the information in there is a little outdated about healthy fats, for instance. But yeah, Fitter Fat and the Autobiography of a Yogi. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, it was really awesome chatting with you today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for. Tell us the best way we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Well, I am so grateful that um, shows like yours, AJ, have re- reached out to me and we've uh, made a, a connection. I'm able to reach audiences like yours. And I'm very grateful for that. It's a great way to start the new year. And what was the other question? Well, how can we reach out to you? Yeah. Oh, reach me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I want to give the the 14-day gluten-free guide free to your audience. And it's real easy to do. All you do is you go to the gluten, G-L-U-T-E-N, 
girls, that's plural, G-I-R-L-S dot com. And there's a, a form to put in your email so I can send to you the PDF version of the this book. It's on Kindle now, but for your audience, because I really think they're a special group of people, AJ, I want to give that free to your audience. So all you do is you go to the gluten free girls, plural, that is, dot com, and um, in exchange for your name and your email, and we you know, respect your privacy. We simply use that so we can continue to help you. You know, we will handhold through for you how to get through the first uh, couple months of being gluten-free. That's what we want to do. We want to support you. And it's all free, and it's all for your audience, AJ. Thank you very much. Well, thanks a lot for being so incredibly kind. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will love this gift because as you mentioned, this gift, this uh, book is available on Kindle as well, separately, right? Uh-huh. But you're offering it for free. So thanks a lot for that. And our listeners know that uh, they can get uh, all the links and resources in the show notes as well. Uh, but if you want to go directly to the website, then you go to the gluten girls.com is that correct gluten free girls the gluten free girls no problem I may have said it wrong you know what I think I did the gluten free girls.com sorry about that perfect (laughs) thank you very much and happy new year to you AJ and to all of the all of your wonderful audience well thanks a lot for inspiring us today and taking us one step closer to a human revolution thank you AJ Listening to My Seven Chakras. Go to my seven chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.